0: Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Okay, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing. This is the podcast where I where I show people how to get out of the rat race using real estate, and it all begins with just a simple shift in mindset, a shift in focus. And all you really need to do is just stop focusing on creating piles of cash and start focusing on creating streams of income. And in real estate, uh, that's what we call cash flow. And that's what we're focused on here. And that's how we create wealth through real estate. That's how we get people out of the rat race. And I created my own personal financial freedom in in less than four years. And what I've done is I've created a free course for you to show you exactly how to get started. I'm going to show you exactly how. If I were to do this all over again, I'm going to show you exactly step-by-step on how I do that. And you can access that free course at FreeRealEstateInvestingCourse.com. FreeRealEstateInvestingCourse.com. Okay. Got a great show for you today. We're joined by a very special guest. Um... We met through a mutual friend, and uh, of all places, I I met this uh, this mutual friend on the float of a uh, of a Mardi Gras float this year earlier. And uh, he said, we got to talking about what we do. And I told him what I was up to. And he says, hey, you got to talk to this guy. Um, I think you guys are really click. You do a lot of the same thing. You could probably share a lot of information and benefit a lot from each other. And, and so we connected and certainly turns out to be that that's the case. So he's got a uh, his own podcast here on iTunes, the Real Estate Power Hour. So make sure you check that out. And I'm talking about speaking of none other than Mr. Mark Evans. Mark, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Matt, thank you very much, buddy. How are you today?
0: Doing fantastic. It's uh, nice that we've actually coordinated our schedules and we get to actually speak now.
1: There we go. I'm glad you're having me here.
0: <laughs> and you, just, you just got back from, some, from a big vacation, and, and I wanted to talk about that for a second. But, you know, if you can just kind of share with everybody, uh, I guess, your background and how you got started in real estate and, and what it is that's kept you here for so long, because you've been doing this for quite a while.
1: Yeah, so a uh, quick snippet. You know, I started back in '96. I was the ripe old age of 18 years old. Um, Honestly, I had no clue what I was doing. And all I knew in life, I was more afraid of what I knew as opposed to what I didn't know, which come to find out a lot of people are afraid to do stuff because they're afraid of the unknown. But I was more afraid of what I knew. So I just started taking action. I watched one of those infomercials. I went to Florida. I had no money or credit. And I said, I need to be creative, obviously, in some way, shape, or form, and started going creative real estate. Did my first deal. So this is pretty cool. Made more money than I've ever made in my life on one transaction. And, uh, you know, started off that way. And then ultimately nearly went bankrupt twice because I was still trying to figure it out. I was doing things, a lot of things wrong. You know, I was being my own property manager. I was doing all these things that I would not ever do again. But knowing what I know now, you know, I just kept going down that path and, you know, always don't let you do. Learn, you know, educate myself consistently and, you know, tune into podcasts or Go to events or have mentors and just have people help you along the way in different parts of your life as you're growing into the business. Mm-hmm. So, to today, and you know, being able to travel the world for many years at a time, um, traveled once for two and a half years straight while the business grew, had more fun, made more money, everything was 100% virtual. And now, I uh, started traveling again before we settled down to have some children that will change that travel schedule, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so, you know, now I'm uh, we we started traveling again on December 1st, 2010, so we were homeless for two years. We had zero house. Uh, we were just traveling all over the world. So we do have a place in Florida now, though, mm. but um, it's good, man. It's uh, been a great business and a amazing life lesson, uh, life lessons every day, it almost seems like. Right.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So being able to take so much time off, I mean, you must just have some amazing systems in place for those to operate while you're gone.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, we have amazing systems. I think a lot of times that when people say systems, man, I think they kind of get it convoluted, meaning like, oh, I just need a system. I push a button and I make millions. Well, there's humanization inside of real estate investing. It has to go on. So there's got to be a human. If I, you know, so that needs to be part of your system. I think a lot of people are so focused on trying to create this mega system mm-hmm. that they do nothing. <laughs> systems are great, but if you don't use them or know how to use them, they're worthless. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm a yellow notebook and pen guy, honestly. For me, but my team—I mean, we have internal deal pieces and you know management companies. I mean, everyone does stuff different, so you have to adapt accordingly uh, to what you're good at and what you're not good at.
0: Right, right. As you know, absolutely. You know, m- most of my my audience that you know they're just getting their start in real estate investing, and I think it's always invaluable information when. That that you can get from someone that's been doing this for a really long time because they've traveled that journey, they've had their successes, they've had their failures. You know, you just the life of an entrepreneur, you you, you teeter with bankruptcy for, frequently, and uh, you know we're all used to that. And um, but you know the market right now, I think, is a very different market than probably what it was 17 years ago when you got started. And uh, you know, if knowing what you know now, and if you were to get started today. You know, uh, how would you go about it? What, what would you be the first thing you did and kind of walk me through that?
1: Yeah, so again, I always think, you know, I, first of all, just so we're clear, on my side, I never got affected by the market conditions when it changed in 07, 08. It's because I'm a different investor. Mm-hmm. I'm a straight cash flow investor. I buy for cash flow only. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never, you know, appreciation, if we sell with appreciation, it's more icing on the cake. Right. So everything we do has a cash flow play. If it sells, great. We make more money. If it doesn't sell, I'm still generating cash flow, and I'm happy with worst-case scenario returns. So in today's market, though, I mean, what I would do and what I uh, wish I would have done when I first started, it would have been a lot easier, um, is I would start focusing on me a lot more and start believing in it quicker. You know, I drug my feet trying to figure out, you know, first of all, I had no money and no credit. So I'm like, how in the world does someone have $50,000 $50,000 laying around that would buy one of my pieces of property, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about that. So what I did, and I, I actually reversed the process. I stopped going after sellers because I could talk to sellers. I started getting good at it, but I'd tie these properties up, and I wouldn't be able to perform and close them. So instead, what I did is, okay, let's go after buyers. Let's run some ghost ads or phantom ads or whatever you want to call them. Let's track buyers. And, and I see this everywhere going on right now, you know, three-bedroom, two-bath house, 28K cash. So immediately, they're going to extract a cash buyer, typically an investor buyer, and then get them on your list and ask them, what are you looking for, What part of town, what kind of deals do you like, et cetera, and just take the backwards approach to the, the investment strategy, mm-hmm. right? So for me, that gave me a lot of confidence. I knew I had 10 people I've talked to, three of them I felt very confident to close a deal, west side of Columbus, three baths, three bedroom, two baths with a backyard fence, two car garage. I kind of knew their, their criteria. Mm-hmm. But I went out looking for exactly what they wanted. I don't say like a realtor, but kind of like a realtor. You know, where you're talking to a buyer, buyer tells you what they want.
0: Mm-hmm. So when someone would, real quick, and, and I want to continue, but real quick, when someone would call you on, you know, your, your phantom ad, you know, how would you respond when they said, "Hey, I saw this property, I want it."
1: Well, they're not seeing a property; they're actually seeing a sign that says three bed, two bath, twenty eight k cash. So what I would do is I would say, hey, you know, thanks for calling on the ad. I'm not sure what's going on with that property. However, tell me what you're looking for. Let me get back to you here shortly. Got it. You know, or thanks for calling my ad. I mean, you could be totally transparent. Thanks for calling me. We have a lot of properties available. Tell me what you're looking for, and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Right? So companies do this all the time. Oh, totally. I mean, look totally. at, like, Walmart and all these guys, like, you know, say free soda. But in the top left corner, it says buy one, get one free. <laughs> They're <It's laughs> just drawing you in. Right. So I want to be. I want to draw the clients and start the conversation. Like, let's go on the first date. Let's get their name first, and then go on the first date, and then start building trust, rapport, relationship mm-hmm. through systems via phone, email, or both.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the person calls in. They they tell you what they're looking for, and and how do you go about looking for it if you're not a realtor?
1: <clears throat> well, again, something happens magically from what I've seen. People calling are real estate investors. Real estate investors run in cycles. Oftentimes they're buying, oftentimes they're selling, oftentimes they're looking for money. Or all three at the same time sometimes. <laughs> right. So when you're talking to these prospects, what I would do is say, Tell me what you're looking for, what kind of deals are you doing? What kind of deals have you done? And by the way, do you have any properties for sale? If you get 10 calls, I I, I could almost guarantee at least one or two people have properties to sell. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's their business. They buy and sell real estate. Right. And then I would just go backtrack. I'd go on Craigslist on the real estate section. People that say, we buy houses. Just go backwards with that approach. Call these people. They're investors who's trying to sell property, right? They buy properties and they have inventory to sell. So mm-hmm. just start building up your local environment, whatever that means
2: right. for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. That's, it's an awesome approach. Um, so that approach has built you quite the, uh, the successful business. What is your, What does your business look like today? What has that approach built for you over the years?
1: Yeah, so, you know, now, knowing what I know, again, I think everyone has to start somewhere. I think that's a great starting point, what I just shared with them. But now we have online pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Online is so massive. I mean, every day, I mean, there's days we get 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 new prospects a day coming into our front-end funnel. If it's a rent-to-own buyer, if it's a retail buyer, the a real estate investor, seller or buyer, and then what we do is our system starts separating them. And while it's doing that, it's building trust, rapport, relationship, you know, through funny emails, having fun with the prospects, letting them know who we are. And that's what I focus on. I'm, I focus in on the business every day. I don't worry about if I'm going to buy a deal or sell a deal because we know the system and the people that we have in place are going to allow those pieces to happen if people are coming in on the front end. So what I do, honestly, I, I'm focusing on how do I build this bigger more efficient and effective and more profitable for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. So I have, you know, we have deal coordinators in Long Island, New York. I have a COO, a couple of COOs, one in San Diego Diego, and one out in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. And what their jobs are to do is to work on the systems, build the team and, uh, you know, keep the pieces moving for us.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. So what is there left for you to do? What are you doing during the day?
1: Um, Besides well, traveling, so, yeah, <laughs> and make honestly, that's what we did. I mean, we do a lot of traveling. So, I mean, you know, we just got back from a forty-two day uh, journey in Spain. Um, I've been doing, I've been traveling a lot. So, I have books. I've written seven best-selling books now. Mm-hmm. So I have. I actually have five more in the works right now as I'm speaking. Wow. And I do that for you know. Again, I think it's a great way to give back to an awesome business that's been awesome to us. With all the money, go to charity, which is always neat. So I work harder on that than I do real estate anymore. But again, as any smart person, with you know, business owner, you have to always be looking at your business. So every morning I'm looking at stats, how many leads came in, you know, how many streams of income are rolling in, who's doing what, who do we have to fire, who do we have to hire, mm-hmm. you know, and all those things that business owners actually have to do. So I love what, I love the business. So I could work in it. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like this we could work all day long, (laughs) you know, we have no problem doing it, it's not a big deal to us. But, you know, life is a pretty big thing for me, you know, I just had a passing of an aunt, she was awesome, and just passed unexpectedly through cancer. Actually my brother-in-law's, his mother just found out she has, you know, age, I think four or five cancer, so it's not too good for her, three months maybe. So to me, like as I get older, you know, life starts becoming more, you know, important to me, the, you know, the memories, not the big houses and the big cars, but you know, like the memories taking your family on a family vacation and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a lot of time to plan <laughs> <laughs> trips and stuff.
0: That's awesome. So, Matt, may I ask, what is your, what is your portfolio look like, or, or what, how big did you? Let me ask you in a different way. At what point, um, did were you able to really start experiencing the freedom? Were you are able to start taking some time off? What did your portfolio look like at that moment?
1: So there's a couple sides to that. So I was, I, I some people could say I gained success at a rather young age. I was like 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, at 22 years old, I could never, I would never have to work again if I didn't want to. So, but what happened is I was an entrepreneur. I didn't read the email. I didn't understand what, you know, working in the system meant and all that, that I, I was working on the in the business, not on the business. So I built it wrong. That's what almost caused me bankruptcy. Right. I had a lot of cash flow coming in, but I was managing the properties myself. So I understood. To me, cash was never king. Everyone always says cash is king, cash is king. That's partially correct. To me, to be set free, it's cash flow is king. Mm-hmm. If I have 10000 a month coming in, I can create a pretty amazing lifestyle in 10000 a month. Right. There's a lot, it's like lottery winners, right? I think something happened in my life around 22, 23. I saw a lottery thing, like most people go bankrupt. Well, they had a lot of cash. Why are they going bankrupt? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I started thinking about that and I was like, okay, I have in rentals. I have a lot of rentals. Single families back then is all I did. Single families and duplexes. I said, this is great, but I'm not good at managing. So I started, you know, that's how I learned how to wholesale, Matt, is I I was going to go bankrupt if I didn't figure out a way to generate revenue, like big chunks of revenue. Mm -hmm. So I started wholesaling my portfolio, and then um, December, when was this, June of 05, so June of 05, I was 27, that's when I said, that's when I, you know, started getting things back on track, and I looked at uh, my fiance, Dina, and I said, let's take a trip for a week, and I was like, there's got to be more to life than just working, I mean, I'd be at the office all day, you know, we were doing lots of rehab and all that, I wanted to be big, big, big. Mm-hmm but then i stopped focusing on how much i made how like how much money we made and started focusing on how much money do we keep right and that was a big mental shift for me cuz again everyone around us is like oh i made 10 million dollars this year so i wanted to do that but what you didn't understand on the behind the scenes is the leverage to the hill and they lo- they only they borrowed 11 million to make 10 million
2: <laughs> <laughs> right
1: so, you know so i started like again i think it's more maturing as a business owner I read a lot of books like e like I said, there's a lot of great books on this stuff, but just started learning and saying, okay, how do I car- uh, compartmentalize this into our business and my life? And at 27, December 31st, 2005, I left. I left my office. I left my whole team and said, I'm going to travel for a month. I was scared to death. I don't, My uh, portfolio looked really good. It was strong. We had a lot of great rentals, still have these properties to date, uh, most of them, right, because Portfolio is always changing as it grows. Mm -hmm. But it was a lot of single families, four plexes, and I started understanding small apartment complexes. And, again, because they each want to have different animals to get involved with and understanding and know-how. And then, um, you know, I left for a month, and I didn't come back for two and a half years. Wow. I started realizing, you know, wow, it's amazing waking up on the beach. I'm from Columbus, Ohio area. So in the winters, if anybody listening is from that area, it's not too warm (laughs) and uh mid, late December, early January, while that was all going on, I was in Florida, I was in South Beach, actually, just waking up, going on the ocean every day, hanging out. So I was making more, man. I actually started making more because I wasn't micromanaging. At the office, I'd hear someone on a conversation talking to a seller, a buyer, and I would go nuts. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I would never say that. What are you doing? Like, conversations business owners don't ever need to hear, (laughs) really. Yeah. You know, so... I started extracting myself from the simple day-to-day, you know, operations and really started focusing on the big picture, you know, leading with a purpose and a mission and giving the team, you know, the vision that I have as the owner.
0: still do mm-hmm.
1: today. That's, that's my main role today.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, you, you mentioned something right at the beginning of, of that little segment about uh, what your portfolio looked like. And you said that at age 22, you, you could have stopped working and never worked another day in your life and i have a lot of um i get a lot of email correspondence from younger people people just graduating high school or just graduate, graduating college or they're right in the middle they're somewhere and their biggest concern their biggest fear is going out into the real estate world and being taken seriously uh what what would you say to them about that fear is it justified or how do they overcome it what is their strategy what do they how did you not have that and how did you get over that when you were so young
1: well again I, I don't think H has anything to do with it. I think it's just a procrastination piece. If you're serious, people will take you serious, period. I mean, there's really, that's how I, I mean, no one's stopping me. <laughs> I mean, that's how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I never even thought, like, oh my God, I'm only 18 years old. Why is this person going to sell me a property? You know, I, I'm thinking, why wouldn't I? I'm going to help them, right? So I, was, I came with a solution. I wasn't coming as a problem, right? So. You know, again, I, I, we have clients too who come to us at like fifty, sixty, seven years old, saying the same kind of thing. You know, well, they, I don't have any money or credit. Why would they take me serious? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't know, nor do they care. Right. You focus on the people that you're going after, help them with their problem, create a solution, you'll be taken very serious. Look mm-hmm. just at nice. Justin Bieber, the kid's making millions of dollars a year. And he's like what? Well, no, he's 19 now, but he's making millions, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> He's not sitting around and saying, Well, I'm going to get real serious with my music career when I get older. So people will take me more serious. You have a gift and you're chasing your dream and going after it. I think the doors will open wide open. If anything, as an investor, and man, I'm sure you've experienced this, but I want to see the younger kids succeed. Mm-hmm. I want to help them. Yeah. You know? So I think it's great to get them out there going in the business.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, and I think the. The message, the essence of what you just said right there, that particular moment is, you know, that, that just being raised to go and and start making money and and, and saving your money and putting it away in the four hundred one k and living below your means and and do that for forty years and save enough and hopefully it's all going to turn out. And, <laughs> you know, we've seen what that, what that, what that strategy and that philosophy is getting people today. And what, and the insanity is the whole object there is to save enough money so you can create a residual income for yourself and retirement. When through real estate, you can create that residual income right now, enjoy it right now and still have it in retirement.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: You know what I mean? Like it's such a, such a roundabout pattern that the, the the younger generation is taught. I mean, shoot for for what that's worth. What we were taught. I mean, it's, they've been teaching that for you know generations. So it's it's good to have another freedom fighter out
1: there. I love it. <laughs> There's obviously a reason, right, to teach people that you know, sit down, shut up, raise your hand, and only speak when you're spoken to, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mentality, mm-hmm. right, right, for the bigger guys to be able to control them and you know allow them to lead that lifestyle. So. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love young, when I see young people, I'm, I don't care if you're 80, if you discovered, you know, this podcast or, you know, real estate investing and you want to take the world by storm. Now is the time.
0: Hmm. I agree. I mean, right now, if, if, if you don't do it right now, I mean, we're so blessed with an opportunity that, you know, most people have never been, you know, given before. I mean, just the, you know, the, I think the the ability to buy so far below replacement costs right there that one aspect that one little detail alone is like such a huge opportunity, and then you get then you can cash flow at the same time like you got best of both worlds, like it's just it's awesome, so if you don't get it now, <laughs> get it now, <laughs> um, yeah, cool, so. Speaking of your message and your mission and and passing this on and paying it forward, you know you have your your own podcast over there and on iTunes or over here on iTunes, I should say the real estate power hour. What, what's that about? what's your what's your focus there?
1: You know my focus is the mentor people that want you know help people who want to help themselves, right? Mm-hmm. We're not for everybody. I call myself politically incorrect. Uh, you know, deal maker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I do deals. Like, I, I love doing deals. I don't own just real estate now. You know, as I grow up, you know, we own multiple businesses and I have different ventures going on all the time. So I like to share real world experiences of like, hey, you know, stop, like, for example, our last one, stop doing real estate deals and start focusing on people, right? Because real mm-hmm. estate deals don't negotiate. They don't have emotions. It's just a piece. It's whatever. Right. Start focusing on these prospects and start talking to them and start, you know, get to know what they got going on and help them. So, you know, just little, like, nuggets of 17 years of being in business, not just real estate, but business, period, in life, you know, I feel like I bring something and help, you know, shine a light on their life. And ideally, um, the goal is to get them moving forward and help them. That's
0: mm-hmm. awesome. So, Super, I, I I wanted you on because I wanted to, to, to demonstrate, you know, what, focusing on cash flow can actually do for a person. And we're talking traveling months at a time. A two-year stint was for you at one time. Awesome. You've got other ventures. Now you're teaching and you're giving back and and everything has turned out really, really rosy and awesome for you. And now you're focused on a family. I think that's awesome. Um, so looking back, let's go to the other side of the coin. What? Let's go. Let's talk about maybe some of the uh, the mistakes that you've made that you swear you would never make again and, and the type of mistakes that you wish someone would have told you about and how you could warn someone from making the same.
1: You know, I, I kind of see the glass always half full. So I've made, I, first of all, I make mistakes every day still,
0: <laughs> you oh, know? Right.
1: So I think in any business, I think there's a lot of people that are afraid to make mistakes. So afraid they actually do nothing, which is the biggest mistake. So for me, My mistakes that I make consistently is shiny object syndrome, right? Getting excited. I don't do that as much anymore at all, but there's people out here like, oh my gosh, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this before they can actually be successful is what they think. So shiny object syndrome, I used to be horrendous with that, Matt. I mean, I bought everything. I still do buy stuff, but I don't don't buy it to learn a hundred things. I buy it for one singular focus. What am I buying the product for? And is it going to help me get to the one step closer of what I'm shooting for instead of trying to... You know, I used to, I remember back in the day, I'd buy a product and try to learn everything from them. You know, it's hard to bundle 17 years or, you know, four years or even a year into a book or a course or training CDs or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So my, my biggest thing, you know, getting the mistakes, you know, buying right. I didn't buy it right sometimes. And I think you have to make a lot of the mistakes that you and I've made to get to where we're at today. Someone could tell you 100 times not to make the mistake, but until you actually do it, you don't understand what we're even talking about. Right. So I, I always look at it, and I'm proud. I'm glad I always, you know, it's always kind of an inside joke with me and my team. It's like, you know, they call, like, oh, my gosh, Mark, you know, you're so stupid. Why'd you do that? And I'm thinking, you know, well, they don't write books about people that had everything handed to them, and it was easy. So it's kind of an inside thing that we always do. Obviously, we try to minimize mistakes. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, buying wrong, I think, is always a big one. Not doing it soon enough. I wish I started when I was ten, knowing <laughs> what I know now. You know, I wish you can play ads. You can. The kids these days are so technology inclined. Um, I'm not very good on the computer. I understand it. I just don't know how to do a lot of the web pages and all that stuff. But we hire people now, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think again, I think the biggest mistake I see people make, and I've made, is just not doing it big enough, fast enough, and making those crucial life-changing decisions quick enough right
0: right couldn't
1: there's could. never a good time <laughs> no
0: you're right <laughs> and it's always the right time so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, could, I couldn't agree Absolutely. more that's perfect well awesome so uh if someone uh wanted to get in touch with you or, or check out what you're up to how would you recommend that they do that
1: I think you know you said it earlier you know join us over at the real estate power hour get okay. to know us and uh you know again spread the word and I'm there. Like I said, if you have, you know, we do a lot of show requests. So if you've got questions and hot topics or creative financing, you know, thing for me, Matt, that's Mm -hmm. always the best if they just go visit the Real Estate Power Hour.
0: It's awesome. Awesome. Well, Mark, it's been an absolute honor. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your your busy schedule. And, uh, you know, it seems like we're going to potentially, our our paths will be crossing even off the air. And and maybe we can come back and talk about those at a later date. Sounds good?
1: Sounds good, buddy. Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you, guys.
0: You bet, Mark. Thanks a bunch. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you happen to have a question, comment, or concern that you, you'd like uh, Mark to answer, go ahead and go on over to the Real Estate Power Hour. And if you got something you'd like me to address here live on the show, you can share that with me at on the Epic Real Estate Investing Hotline at one 891 7203 888-891-7203. Okay. Until next time, to your success, I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Take care.